Hey everybody, my name is Tom and I lead our team here at Crossroads. We're excited about uh, Jamie and Allie and what God has planned for them over there and, and GCEC and, and Lydia's wedding. And just, it's gonna be a, a great um, next leg of the journey for our partnership with, um, with Grace Community Education Center. Uh, I sent out some, we sent out some news uh, on Thursday about not being able to hold a, a gathering here. And I, my hope is I'm gonna do my best to try to explain some more of those details in the midst of this message on Acts chapter 11. So with that being said, we're gonna jump right in and I'm gonna to read to you today's passage from Acts. This is 11 verses 19 through 24. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among the Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. So Barnabas, Barnabas was sent to Antioch to, to see what was going on, and he ended up being glad and rejoicing. And that's what we asked you guys to come today prepared to do. We wanted you guys to come, having spent hopefully the week, thinking about how you have been encouraged by the work of God recently. And we're going to... Um, I'm going to kind of break up the message into a couple of pieces. And in the middle of that, we're going to give you guys an opportunity to share with each other what is going on in your life and how God has encouraged you. But you know what? At the same time, um, we, I recognize that there's lots of other stuff going on. And we want to acknowledge um, both the good and we have to acknowledge the bad. We're in the middle. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. There are still wildfires burning out of control. There are hurricanes that are battering our coasts. Racism is still running rampant. Hostility is growing. Division is growing. Animosity is growing. So we're, when we say we want to come together and celebrate, we're not um, putting on rose-colored glasses. We're not burying our heads in the sand. We are not pretending like everything is great when, when it is not. But what we want to do is we want to acknowledge that and we want to move on. If we think about how that passage started, right, the passage that I just read to you, Luke reminds the readers that this great thing that was going on in Antioch that caused Barnabas to be glad and rejoice started with something terrible. So if you think back a couple chapters back to the beginning of Acts chapter 8, Stephen was executed. I'm going to read you the first three verses of Acts chapter 8 just as a reminder to refresh our memories a little bit. This is Acts chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. And Saul approved of their killing him, that was Stephen. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So that's 12 dudes left behind and thousands of other people scattered, scattered around. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. This 
this was not a good thing, right? There were, there were people who were fleeing for their lives. They picked up everything at a moment's notice and they moved hundreds of miles away. They weren't looking for an extra bedroom and they weren't looking for an open concept floor plan. They were looking to stay alive. They were looking to stay out of jail. The things that were happening in the early church were difficult and stressful. And while our freedom is not at risk right now, we are, we are in the throes of this pandemic and there's all sorts of stuff going on. Our situation here um, in, in Trumbull is difficult. I was reminded of the difficulties this week, right, of, of how hard the things are. I had way... <laughs> way more things than I, would like to, um, than I would like to list, not the least of which was the news that we had to share with you on Thursday that we could not meet here in Trumbull. And that was um, the, the fire marshal had said that the building is not up to, up to code. And we're, um, we have some conflicting information. Some of the information says that there are, on the one hand, there are minor kind of superficial changes that need to be made. And on the other hand, it is major structural uh, issues that need to be addressed. And I tell you, um, when, I, when I heard the news, I was, uh, I was angry. Um, I was angry at myself for not asking more questions of the right people. Um, I was frustrated with, um, you know, our... Our landlord, we were told that our landlord had some information about this issue that we were not given. Um, I was frustrated for the many people who have put so many hours of effort and energy and prayer into this space already. Um, I was, uh, I felt defeated. I felt defeated at the prospect of having to go back to the drawing board. And I, I felt anxious about having to um, share, share this news with, with all of you and hopefully do a good job at doing it, explaining um, where we're at and how we get here and how we move forward from here. Um, so with all that stuff being said, like I have been reminding us since the early spring, especially in our teaching series on the book of Psalms that we call The Greatest Hits, that um, it's important to bring before God the hardest stuff, right? In the book of Psalms, there are, there's a type of Psalm called the Psalm of Lament. Um, if you want an idea of what, I think it, definitely Psalm 88, um, Psalm 39, there's lots of other ones, but those come to mind immediately. And it's the authors of those Psalms, of those prayers are just pouring out their heart before God. God included those Psalms of Lament. By doing that, he gives us permission to come before him and, and just lay out our unedited hurt and, and sorrow and struggle and pain. But I, love, I love the psalmist, man. When they're praying, they get sarcastic with God. They ask God like ridiculous rhetorical questions. Um, they, you know, I'm not saying that's the model to pray. I'm not saying go get sarcastic with God. But what's important was that they were praying. They, they stayed in relationship. They were in dire situation, but they stayed in relationship with God and they continued to engage him. Um, let's look at just one. This is the last line of Psalm 88. This is verse 18. You have taken from me friend and neighbor. Darkness is my closest friend. 
And Tim Keller tells us that, um, we can just go to a, a blank slide, guys, if there's a blank slide there. Um, Tim Keller tells us that this verse is basically the psalmist saying, you know what, God? Darkness is a better friend to me right now than, than you are. So we look at this and, and we see that um, we have this permission to come before God with, with the hard stuff and that, it's, um, that emotions are just so much, if we, if we want to become the people that God created us to be, we've got to figure out how to handle our emotions, the good ones and the bad ones, all of them in a mature way. And this is so important that I've, um, I've taken our leadership teams and our huddles, and we've spent the, the better part of the last six months going through a book called Emotional, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, written by Pete Scazzaro. And I want to read to you one quote from that book that speaks to the importance of handling our emotions well. To feel is to be human. To minimize or deny what we feel is a distortion of what it means to be image bearers of God. To the degree that we are unable to express our emotions, we remain impaired in our, listen to this now, this is gonna sound, impaired in our ability to love God, love others, and love ourselves well. You guys, not only is it okay, it's necessary to bring all of that stuff, all of those feelings, all of the emotions before God, the good and the bad. That's what it means to be truly human. But fortunately, we look at today's passage and it doesn't end with the great persecution. The great persecution was a catalyst that started this movement of God throughout the rest of the world. There was good news to be had after after the, um, the hard news. And that's, that's the reason to celebrate. That's why Barnabas was celebrating. And that's what we want to do now. You know, as in my role as a, as a pastor, I have kind of this unfair advantage that I often get to see firsthand the work of the grace of God in people's lives that many other people don't get to experience. And I, there is nothing like watching somebody be transformed into the likeness of Christ right before your very eyes. And that's one of the primary reasons why we wanted to do this, right? We wanted to take a chunk of time in the middle of our service and right where you're at, if you are um, participating online, our online hosts are gonna, um, are gonna serve as facilitators for this conversation. If you are participating live, um, there are people in each location who are going to um, lead the folks in Stratford and I, the band and the tech team? I'm going to lead that discussion here, and we just we want to know how is it that you've been encouraged by the work of the grace of God in your life recently? So we're going to take five minutes now, and we're going to do that, and then I'm going to pull us back together, and I'll wrap us up with just a couple of quick thoughts on the remainder of this passage. All right, we're going to read it back in. Ready? Come on, come on back around the screen. Find your find your seat. Um, Let's, uh, let's look at just that one, that one verse that kind of we're basing all of this on. When he arrived, that's Barnabas, when he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. Some translations say that he rejoiced. He was glad or he rejoiced. And, um, and then he encouraged them to stay true to the Lord. And I hope hearing from your fellow crossroaders, you found some encouragement 
in that, and that um, we can use each, we can lean into each other to, to move forward, especially in times of adversity. Um, and I want to give, uh, hopefully leave us with a, few, with a few words of encouragement. And uh, as we look at our, our current situation, it is definitely difficult, right? We don't have a clear path forward in terms of the building, in terms of our location in Trumbull. But what we do have is we have a very clear next step because God is good and he's gracious and he's, he knew this was gonna happen. This didn't surprise him, right? We have um, this great relationship with Grace Lutheran and Stratford and there is more than enough room there for us to all be in one place and, and worship together. Um, we have been told that we can continue to use this building, the Trumbull location, for its current purposes, for broadcasting and storing some of our gear. And we can do that through, through the end of the year. So we have this chunk of time where we can come before God and we can seek his leading as we uh, gather more information to find out the specific needs of the building. But simultaneously, we are going to be pursuing contingency plans. And so, um, you know, God is, is faithful, man. He is just, he's just so good. And throughout the, you know, 26 years that Crossroads, 27, 26, 27, I, don't, I lost count, um, that Crossroads has, has been a church, has been reaching the people of Fairfield County, we have never gone without a place to meet. And I have 100% confidence in the sovereign hand of God. Now, with that said, I want to be super clear about something. Um, there are definitely things in the situation that I could have done better and things from which I will learn and hopefully will help us move forward um, in, a, in a good, positive direction. I am not, I am not using the sovereignty of God as an excuse. I'm not using it as a safety net, but I do feel it necessary to point out that our God is uniquely, uniquely, uniquely able to take bad things and bring good from them. He is able to use our trials and to grow us through them. He is able to take all things and use them for his glory and for our good. The church at Antioch was born out of terrible adversity. It literally and figuratively ended up becoming the gateway to the rest of the world for the good news, for the movement of, of Jesus Christ. And so as we move forward, I wanna leave you with three things that can allow us to take our adversity as we take our current circumstances and we can leverage it and it can be a catalyst for future growth. And those three things are this. The first one is I want you to keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, right? That one should not be a surprise to you guys, but here's what I mean by that in this context. Jesus, God-made man, came and walked among us. He lived, he lived for us, and he died and rose again for us. Jesus came and he showed us the way back to God. That's what his death and his resurrection about. Jesus also came and he showed us the full extent of human potential in the midst of even the hardest circumstances. If you wanna know how to proceed in the midst of difficult circumstances, fix your eyes on Jesus and do what he did. We wanna set our hearts on things above. 
all of us, anybody who claims the name of Jesus should be engaged in personal worship, should be engaged in personal Bible study, should have a regular habit, an ongoing conversation with God in prayer. Those are things we should all be doing. And I use this term, I stole this term from Pastor Matt Chandler a couple weeks ago. We want to pursue and engage those things which personally stir our affections for Jesus. If you don't know what those are, you need to find out. Each one of us is wired uniquely and specifically, and there are ways that I engage with God that are different from Ben, that are different from Kevin, that are different from Brittany, but they are real and they help stir our affections for Jesus. Set our hearts on things above. And the last one is this, to set our minds on things above. Um, I heard it said several times over and over that our character is what we do when no one is looking. I've recently learned another kind of um, an additional thing that defines, additional statement that defines our character, and that's this. Our character is what we do without thinking. What our um, second nature response is, that is our character. And that is formed by the things which we repeatedly think on, the things that go over and over and over in our brain. We ingrain those pathways into our brain. So if we set our minds on things above, if we set our mind on Jesus, if we set our mind on the things of God, on love and peace and joy and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, we set our mind on those things and we repeatedly think about those things, that's what's going to come out of us when the pressure hits. With eyes, heart, mind fixed and set on Jesus, we can not only weather the storms that we're in the midst of, but we can worship in the middle of them. Heck, we can even worship because of them. And that's what Ben and the band are going to do right now for us. They're going to lead us in a time of worship and song.